It's good to be here. We've, we've heard of you for a long time through Pat and also through Wacey and Lisa. And uh, it's, it's good to be here. And uh, they talk a lot about you and their love for you and, and your love for this church. Uh, and excited to see what God's going to continue to do in, in, in the life of your church. I want to share with you just a little bit this morning. If you want to turn to Acts 16. As we look there this morning... We, uh, we kind of look at some different things, and as we, we go through this, this passage, through <laughs> uh, the snowmageddon and the pandemic and all these different things, we, we talk about how do we live in a dark world? How do we live in a, in a world that's changing constantly? And, is it, and in our Christian walk, how do we live that? And so this morning, I'm going to kind of delve into a couple of things, and uh, we'll kind of look at that and how we can continue to seek Him in, in this crazy time. Uh, Wacey alluded to the fact that I was a youth minister for a long time. And uh, a lot of different stories. We were sharing some stories last night. And uh, one of them was when uh, I was a youth minister in a little town of Electra, we were doing a mission trip in El Paso. And uh, as we were <laughs> getting ready for the mission trip, we had all these things. We had about, about 20 students who were heading down to El Paso with some other churches. And so we had some two new vans that we had gotten. The church wanted, hey, we're not going to send anybody from El Paso with our two little vans that we have that are, you know, broken down and 200,000 miles on them. So they had, they had bought two new vans, and we're excited about taking them out for the first trip. So we're heading down to El Paso. And if you've been from, from Wichita Falls down to El Paso, it's a long ways. And uh, we're heading down that way, and, and we get past Odessa. And we had stopped to eat lunch, and we're going through Odessa, and, and uh, we, we're heading down to that stretch of road. There's nothing there. I mean, past no trees town and also different places like that. And we're about 60, 70 miles outside of El Paso. And I don't, back then in youth ministry, you know, I mean, Mar Marsha was sitting over here in the chair, one of our students. And then Robin was in the middle because we didn't care about seatbelts or death or anything like that back then. And uh, uh, kids were in the back. We were singing, doing all sorts of playing cards and all. And Robin kind of looks up. We were talking and Robin looks up and said, Norman, we're on E. <laughs> and I went, oh. And I looked down and saw that it was, the, the, it, was, it was on E. And the little sign comes up, next gas station, 80 miles. We're going, oh, my land. <laughs> and so I'm a young youth minister. I wasn't sure what to do. And, and we're talking. And, you know, I, I, being spiritual, I go, okay. You know, God changed the water into wine. Maybe he can take these fumes into gas. You know, and we're, we're heading down there, we're going along, and, and they're kind of getting scared. It's like, what are we going to do? And so, uh, so Marsha, why don't you start praying? And Marsha prayed, and Jeff, and they're praying around the road. And I'm, I'm driving down the road, and I, I kind of just start praying out loud, and we're praying that God would take this, this gas, and he'll provide what we need at the right time, and um, that he'll, he'll get us the next, next station. And so as I'm closing my prayer and I say amen, I turn down to the bottom and flip to the second tank. <laughs> Robin sits there and goes, and it's going, and it goes, no way! <laughs> that tank was filling up and going to, to full. God provided. <laughs> they just didn't know how. We, they, they got real spiritual at that point. <laughs> Great mission trip, I told them all the way back. <laughs> But there are times in life we're going to a place and we have no idea what we're doing. And we get into a situation where we think, how is God going to provide? How is God going to provide through all this? And some of you went through the storms in the last few, the last week and no power for, for three or four days and uh, pipes busting. And you're just looking, what, what is, how are we going to get out of this? 
We've gone through this craziness of masks, you know, that we wear all the time. And whatever you believe, I do want to tell you this. God is with us in the midst of the storm. And we look at this scripture here in, Ma- uh, in Acts 16. It shares with us some. We're going to kind of look at some of this. And then uh, God's, I'm just pray God uses his word to speak to us today. And as we look at this in, in, in chapter 16, I want to go through a couple of things beforehand, before we get to the scripture. In verse 6, as you go through there, you'll see that Paul is, is going through different cities. And three here, it says, and the Holy Spirit forbade him to go to this, this town. Later on, it says, the Spirit of Jesus didn't, didn't allow us to go here. And then immediately, they made efforts to go to this place, but God said, don't go there. These men were seeking God wherever they went. And as we continue on down, Paulus and Silas, they were, they were preaching the Word of God. And, and it says in verse 16, it says, as they were on their way to prayer, as they were going to church, <laughs> as they are going to a Bible study, as they are going to, going to pray, a slave girl met us who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She made a large profit for her owners in fortune-telling. And as she followed Paul and us, she cried out, These men who proclaim to you the way of salvation are servants of the Most High God. And she did that for many days. Can you imagine going to work? (laughs) Can you imagine going to school? And somebody going, Hey, this girl right here knows Jesus. You better listen to her. As you're walking down the halls of your workplace, and they're going, hey, this guy right here, he knows Jesus. You better listen to him. He knows the way of salvation. Wherever they went, this woman was continually telling the word that, to listen to them. That, and, and it's funny here. It goes here. Paul was greatly annoyed. <laughs> I love that. He, he was greatly annoyed. Turning to the Spirit, he finally said after days, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And the the demon came out of her right away. When her owners realized what had happened, they began to lose all of their money because they had invested in her in this fortune telling, and now they had lost their income. They were using her. They lost his income. And they got mad. And when the Scripture goes again, they got so mad, they, uh, they said... There are Jews and are promoting customs that are not legal for us here as Romans to adopt or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the chief magistrates stripped off their clothes and ordered them to be beaten with rods. And after they had severely flogged them, they threw them in jail, ordering the jailers to guard them carefully. Receiving such an order, he put them into the inner prison and secured their feet in stocks. All they were doing was going to church. (laughs) And, And things changed. They were doing the right thing, but things happened, and God began to use them. They were beaten with rods. They were stripped in front of the town, beaten, and then put into stocks in the deeper part of the jail. All they're doing is going to church. All they're doing is, is living a walk that you're living right now, and sharing the gospel in simple ways. But they were putting in a dark place. Let's read the scripture together. And uh, in verse 25. 
About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They're in prison, remember? <laughs> they had just been beaten. I'm not sure they gave them clothes, their clothes back. But we know in the deepest dark of prison. And the prisoners were listening to them. Now, I'm not sure how they're not, they're not singing like they don't have guitars or anything like that. They're, they're, they're singing psalms. They're praising God at midnight. <laughs> they had been beaten without any clothes on. Praising God. And then it goes on here, it says, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the jail were shaken. And immediately the doors opened and everybody's chains came loose. And not just theirs, but everybody's chains came loose, all the prisoners. And much less, they were singing, earthquake happens, chains fall off, doors open. Now, this is funny to me. When the jailer woke up, he was sleeping in the midst of all of this. But when the jailer woke up and saw the doors of the prison standing open, he drew his sword about to kill himself. And since he thought the prisoner had escaped, he was about to lose his life anyway. Because his responsibility was these prisoners. And they, if they escaped, he would lose his life. It's, it's not like he was going to be fined <laughs> or, or, or lose his job. But he knew it was going to be bad. He's about to kill himself, but Paul, the craziness here and all that commotion going on, but Paul called out in a loud voice, don't harm yourself because we are here. And the jailers called for the lights and rushed in, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. He escorted them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? This passage here, when it says that saved, we think of it the connotation of how can I know Christ as my Savior? He's just going, I just want, how can I get out of this? You know, he's, he's coming with a different point of going, how, you're about to leave? How can I be saved? But Paul takes it for a little further than that. And he goes this, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him along with everybody in his house. He took them in the same hour that night and washed their wounds. And right away, right away. God used them. And uh, he said this, his family was baptized. He brought them to his house, set a meal before them, and they rejoiced because he had come to believe in the, in the Lord with his entire household. How cool is that? They were going to church, and they were put in prison. They were flogged and beaten. But in spite of all that, <laughs> they sang at midnight could be because they were hurting and their wounds were, and they couldn't sleep. But we do know that they sang. Let me just share with you three things that I pray that God will help us in the darkness that we're in and the, and the struggle that you may be having right now with your family, the struggle you may be having at work. I want to share with you a few things that, that I'm gleaning from here today. Is one, God is with us in the dark places. God is with us in those dark places. Whether it's school in your classroom and you're the only Christian there, whether it's at, at work and you go to work every day going, God, I, my coworkers they they don't they don't know you and and uh, they do some unethical things and I don't I really know what to do. Go with your family, and you're the only Christian there, and and you struggle because of they make fun of you a lot of different things because you're you're here at you know nine thirty on Sunday morning. And you're serving during the week. They don't understand that. I want to share with you this. God is with you in the dark places. 
and the times where you don't know what to do. It says this, I, I read this recently, it says, even though we encounter difficulties and hardships along the way, even though there sometimes feels like the darkness of fear, worry, or doubt is closing in, we can trust that God's light and love will always be with us. God's our refuge and strength, always ready to help us in times of trouble. He won't ever let you down, and He won't ever, ever abandon you. No matter what is going on in your life, know that God is with you when you're beaten, when you're naked, when you're hurting, and everything else is lost. God is with you. Now, Lori and I, we lived in, our family lived in, in Oklahoma. Anybody lived in Oklahoma before? Okay, good. <laughs> Lots of tornadoes up there. And uh, we were in the midst of some of the tornadoes that go through. And I grew up in Wichita Falls near, and tornadoes were, you know, that was one of the things that fire and go off. And you go, oh, we're, okay, there. Yeah, it's coming around this way. It's okay. Uh, it's not going to hit us. And uh, we were in Edmond, Oklahoma, north of Oklahoma City. And um, we had a tornado. The siren went off. And uh, our family was there, and we went to the middle bathroom, and we're, we're in there. And we had a little, little three-year-old there, and, and uh, uh, my other children were a little older. And, and uh, so Nathan and I, being a good dad, everybody was protected. And we'd go outside and look for the tornado. <laughs> You know, oh yeah, it's over there. Okay, we go back in and they're listening to the radio and, and say, okay, this is, yeah, this is what's going on. Yeah, we're, we're fine. Let me go out and check again. And so we go out and check and turn in the, the clouds greenish blue and, you know, it's, it's, it's bad there. And okay, it's, it's coming, but I, okay, yeah, we see it coming down. Oh, there's another one that comes in over there, but it's not coming our way. And we go back in. It's so funny. <laughs> we go, my, our little one goes, Daddy, uh, I, are you, I need you here. And I said, that's okay, I'm here. And I go back out and she came, but Daddy, I need you here. And if I, she goes, Daddy, I need your hand right here. <laughs> there are times in our walk with Christ, God is there, but there are times we just need Him to hold His hand. We don't know many times how he's protecting us, how he's helping us in other areas, but know no matter what's going on in your life, God's hand is right there. As we reach out to that and hold his hand, he continues to guide us, to help us through the darkest times that we can even sing praises to him. One of the coolest things as y'all were leading worship today was joining together and singing praises to him knowing that we're a child of his God walks us through those difficult times Paul and Silas did nothing wrong but they went to a dark place but know in those dark times God God is there with us second thing I'm looking through this is as as we read through this and look at that they were singing praises in the midst of a hard time. <laughs> it goes this. And as they were singing hymns to God, the prisoners were listening to them. Now, now the jailer wasn't. He was asleep. I don't know if he kind of went to the back because they were singing really bad or what, but the prisoners were listening to him. 
also know this, that Paul and Silas had a reputation. And it wasn't like, oh, who is this guy? Oh, they, they knew. He, they, had, they had healed many. They had, they had thrown this demon away from this out of this girl's life. And uh, God was using them, and the, the stories were out. The prisoners were listening. I want to tell you that people are always watching you. They're desiring something real in your life that Jesus really is real. You just don't go to church at Carpenter's Way on Sunday and live like anything else on the way. But, but they see reality in your life. They see God working or not working. And, and people in this world are real skeptics. And they want to see authentic Christianity lived out in their life day in, day out. Whether it's at work or at school, the world, it says this, I was reading, it said, the world looks for any excuse to mark us off in its list. Dismith, dismiss our faith just as any other religion. When we reflect the same trendy ways as the rest of the world, when we speak the same silly slang we pick up from the movies, and when we live the same low ethical standards as those making no claim to follow Jesus, we have lost the race before it even starts. God has called us to live an authentic life. It is hard. And there are times, <laughs> like Friday, I was, just, <laughs> uh, I was just going, oh, Lord, because all the things are going on. But, but walking through those difficult times with others, as we, we lend a hand with a heart, as we share our, God's love, with a voice as we say, I love you and I care for you, those simple things our world needs to hear that is from the Heavenly Father living inside of you. We lived in a town in North Texas uh, near Dallas and uh, had a neat little family that lived near us and had a bunch of kids. And, and uh, I, we have four children. And uh, at that point, we just had three, but the, the, we had a neat family around us. And they, they moved away. And... Uh, about a month later, we had this um, man and son move in next to us. And I'd never met the guy's wife and uh, had an older son. He was probably in his mid-20s. And we saw him out some. And, and uh, after about a month or two, I realized it wasn't a man and his son. It was, they, they had a relationship. And I'm going, oh, great. What am I going to do with this? You know, how, how am I going to handle this? Well, it was a neat thing in our church. We had Saturday night church also. We had Saturday night and Sunday morning, and we were just moving our, our family. I had never been to church on, on, on uh, Saturday night, but much less never not gone to church on Sunday morning. And uh, so it was kind of weird. And so you kind of wonder, do I put a side of my yard? I, I went to church last night, or when you're mowing the yard, you know, on Sunday morning, and going, it was because I was a pastor's son. And so it was kind of a weird situation. And, but uh, I started every once mowing the yard on Sunday morning. And... Uh, Stephen would come out and he, the younger guy would come out and he'd be working in the yard and he asked one time to help with a, his sprinkle head went out and didn't know what to do and, and so I helped him with that and, and we continued to build a relationship and uh, walk with him and things and got to meet them both and uh, just kind of walk through that, that time just loving him like I love anybody else. And uh, about six months later uh, as we were, we were in conversation and he was needing some help on something in his yard and uh, talked with him and he says, hey, I know you're a pastor 
And, and you go to that big church down the road, and so does my next door neighbor, and, and I know they're Methodist, and I know they're Church of Christ, and I know they go to another Baptist church, and, and all, but, but you're the only one that ever talks to us. You seem like you're the only one that cares. You're my neighbor. And we begin to have these theological conversations about the Lord. About a year later in that, in that, that walk, on his front porch, <laughs> Stephen accepted Christ. And his life began to change. And he moved out. And about five years later, he sent me a, a message and said, Hey, I met this girl. We're getting married. And they have a couple of kids now. All because we took a little time and loved the way Christ would love. It was kind of difficult for me at one point, but I realized, you know, he just needs Christ. There are times in our life we've got to realize whether we're at work and the people around us are watching us. People at school, as you're a student, students are watching you and seeing if this Christ is really real. Our families, some that are uh, (laughs) not living like the Lord, or even, even your own immediate family, they need to know as a dad and as a mom that this God that you serve and love is really real in your life, even in the difficult times, those dark places that you depend upon them, and even your friendships that uh, are real. People are looking for authenticity and that is real in your life. Last thing I look at this passage of Scripture is kind of cool. It says that <laughs> the jailer called for lights after everything was going in and he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. He escorted them out and said, Sirs, what's my, what must I do to be saved? And he, they began to share. And he and his household were saved. One thing we've got to realize, not only is God with us in dark places, he's there. Not only are people watching us and looking for Christ in us, but we've got to realize that God is working in people's lives. It's not my responsibility to save. It's not my responsibility to get them baptized or, or whatever. My responsibility is to share. And the awesome part is that God is working in the lives of people that are around you. And we need to look for those and take the opportunity. <laughs> it's pretty blatant here as a jailer goes, what must I do to be saved? They knew what to do. But I want to tell you, there's opportunities every day that we have. The waitress, the coworker that's in need, the student that you see in the hallway that used to be very outgoing, but something's going wrong in their life, and you just need to be a friend. The family member that hasn't called in a long time that you can call and just say, hey, how can I pray with you? I was in uh, Phoenix about, well, three weeks ago for a missions conference, and I was reading a book by J.D. Greer, and it was trying to challenge me on some things about praying that God will give you opportunities. And, I, and he told me, you need to pray that every morning. I said, okay, Lord. I said, 
Lord, give me an opportunity today. And I'm flying back from, from uh, Phoenix to Salt Lake City and from Salt Lake City to Austin. And on the way from Salt Lake City to Austin, I get this, uh, I get the seat next to, you know, there's, there's a seat in the middle now in every, every plane. So you got your chair, your, your seat, and then an empty chair, and then another seat by the window. And I always like the aisle seat. And so I'm sitting there, and it looks like nobody's going to sit there. It's going to be kind of back. I'll lean back, and this will be kind of a nice trip. I'll read the rest of this book. And the uh, last guy gets on the plane and has his uh, military duffel bag, that little small bag, taps up, and uh, he's coming down the aisle and go, oh, he's coming to my place. And so he kind of looks at me, and so I get up out of his chair, and he goes in, and we make the acknowledgments. And, and so I'm sitting there kind of reading, and, and uh, we start talking when, the, when they bring us some water. And by the way, his name's Carl. And uh, they've been in the military, and, and he is uh, in Salt Lake, uh, well, in Montana, coming from Salt Lake City to Austin to see some friends. We start talking. He asked me what I was down, and I didn't want to tell him I'm a preacher, you know? It's generally one of, I just want him to be a, be a guy, you know? And so we start talking, and finally, about 15, 20 minutes in, uh, he goes, Are you a pastor? <laughs> and I, go, I go, Yes. He said, I knew it. And uh, all of a sudden, he, he opens up and said, I've been running from God from 10 years. I went to Southwestern Seminary to be a missionary, and my wife had an affair and left me. I've been running from God. And this week, <laughs> I've been trying to seek him and, and uh, didn't know what to do. And, <laughs> and now you're here. And so for the next hour and a half on that plane, I got to share Christ with Carl. Pray with him and give him an opportunity to start over. And, and uh, it's been a neat relationship these past few weeks as he's texted me and just asked questions about, about coming back to him, about forgiveness. All because, you know, I just kept open to that. A couple of weeks ago, we had a thing called For the City. And uh, so our student ministry, and we got some things ready that we would do all sorts of different projects all across the city for, I mean, from, from giving out $40 gift cards at HEB and, and Walmart to just, or can you imagine an eighth grade girl coming up to you and said, hey, uh, and, and we just, we asked them to pray and we asked them to look for people that, <laughs> that were just, it'd be fun. And uh, so they would just go up to different Ladies or men, they had kids hanging all over a basket full and just, hey, we want to bless you today um, and, and let's give you this gift card of $40. And there are many times that uh, the woman would cry or the, the older man would, would just have teary eyes of just a simple gift. We cleaned up parks. We cleaned up schools. We did all sorts of things around. And, and we were going to hand out coffee, but we couldn't do that that day because of, you know, the other things that's going on. <laughs> and... and uh, so I went to this downtown restaurant, Ragstown, Rag, Ragtime restaurant, uh, had coffee, a little coffee shop. They have jazz bands during the week and went in there and said, hey, we'd like to pay for the first $100 of, of coffee that you give out. Just put free coffee and, and uh, we'll, we'll take care of the, the cost. And uh, the lady didn't understand and said, what do you want us to do? I said, I'm going to give you my credit card and the first, first $100 worth, we're gonna, you just, just tell them it's free. And said, 
what are you doing? And I begin to explain some of the things we're doing at the church and, and some of the things we're doing around the city and, and some of the things we're helping with. She asked about other things we're doing and she said, I'm from California. I don't understand that. Why do you do that? It's because Jesus has given us a call to be a light in this world. We want to help those in need. We also want to help those that aren't in need just to let them know that God loves them. And this, this lady that's about 50 years old, gone through a lot of different things. Amy, she, she said, I want to know this Christ. And they're in the, in the midst of the little coffee shop. Nobody was coming in. <laughs> I kept praying for that. I prayed with her about Christ and that she could come to know Christ. She hadn't accepted Christ yet, but she we prayed for her family. We prayed for the things that are going on in her life. Prayed for her boyfriend. And that God would move and guide in her life. God gives us opportunities many, many, many times. And in 1 Peter 3.15 it says this, But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But to this with gentleness and with respect. God's called us to be his light in the world that we live in today. God's called us in the darkness that we're in to know that he is with us, that people are watching to see this authentic Christianity that's in us. And lastly, knowing that he is working in the hearts of the people we come in contact every day, whether it's the, the checkout person at HEB or the coworker, or the waitress or waiter, or the people that sit next to you on the plane. God's called us. In John 3.16 it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He's called us to share that simple message that God loved us, that God gave his son, that if we believe, we can receive that eternal life. And that life that begins now, not just after we die. It's a joy to live. I'm going to challenge you with this. What do we need to do with this? One, I'm going to ask you to pray. Today, tomorrow morning when you get up, pray that God will give you the opportunities to share his hope with somebody. It could be a note. It could be a call. It could be just smile. But praying for an opportunities. Keep your eyes open, okay? Keep your eyes open for those opportunities and take it. Take an opportunity to share because God's given us the hope. Let's share that hope with those around us. And lastly, I want to tell you this. If you don't know Christ as your Savior today, you can. Because He loved you. He forgives you. And that if you believe that He, raised, he, was, he died and rose from the dead, that He's forgiven you of sins, that you can do that and ask Him to be a part of your life and forgive you your sins and live a life that is abundant and full. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today in your spirit and God moving. Thank you for the, the joy that is here and your spirit that is here. I pray in, as we leave this place in the, in the, uh, the fog, in the, the mist that is there, Father, you have given us the joy, the joy of salvation of knowing you. And I pray that today as we walk this week, that each day you will open our eyes to the opportunities you give, that we may share the hope that you've given us. Lord, we love you. 
In your son's precious and holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you all for staying awake today. <laughs> and uh, may God bless you and use you this week.